It is March, so you know what that means. Plenty of upsets, and Boston College has already started for the men's ACC basketball tournament. They are playing spoiler. Who will be next? Maybe it'll be Syracuse, but it will be without Buddy Bayheim. He's gotten suspended for one game. Will that be the downfall for the Syracuse Orange? Tyler Aki of Locked on Syracuse joins the show to talk about it. <laughs> On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. So glad to have you with us. I am your host, Candace Cooper. We got Tyler Aki of Locked On Syracuse in the building. Today's episode of Locked On ACC is brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is simply where the game starts. Tyler, thank you so much for joining us. So glad to have you back. Thank you so much for having me. It seems timely, too, with all the news coming through of what happened with Buddy Beheim. I'm sure we'll get into that plenty on today's show. Um, but yeah, the, the ACC tournament is one of my favorite events of the year. So for this to be starting off the way that it is with all this sort of chaos, like that, that's awesome. It's so great to see. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, I think it's one of those things where we look at the season and you say, well, why not? Who else? Somebody's going to sabotage this bad boy. It's absolutely going to be one of the teams you don't expect coming. But here they are, ready to play spoiler, ruin some people's post-ACC tournament vibes. And look, we got Clemson could be one, Boston College could be another. But that is not even the spiciest story out of the tournament. Let's start with Buddy Bayheim, who gets suspended one game after the Florida State FSU matchup they're clearly in the lead it's all going to be about Syracuse and Buddy's emotions to get the best of him he takes a swing who was the Florida State player that he took a swing Wyatt at? Wilkes Wyatt Wilkes yeah. there it was mm-hmm. he took a little swing at his gut and of course they didn't call it during the game because ACC refs but then in post game gave him this <laughs> one game suspension what are your thoughts after watching the play was the suspension um earned I think it's p- pretty clear cut I mean a punch is a punch that's exactly what that was. And a punch is a suspension. It should be. And I think it was a a dirty play. It certainly was an unwarranted play. And I think the proper punishment was handed down. He should be suspended. He should not be playing against Duke uh, tomorrow in in the game. So yeah, like, is it tough? And, And I think it was probably a tough decision for the ACC to make, but here's the shoes I put myself in. If this was a regular season game, would he be suspended? And the Mm -hmm. answer is absolutely. And I don't think we should be changing a precedent just because it's an ACC tournament game. Yeah. And I also think, I mean, even if it was a close matchup, like no offense, no tea, no shade, if it was Mm -hmm. going to be a close matchup between Duke and they didn't change it, I would lose more respect for the ACC in that regard because at the end of the day, you want to have good product out there, sure, but, you know, rules are rules. Now, Buddy being one of your best players, arguably not the best player on your team, how do you just get mentally undone like that? Because from what reports are saying, he's usually just very level-headed. He plays his game. He's not that guy. I think it's – it's. I mean, yeah, they're 100% right. This is so uncharacteristic of who Buddy Bayheim is. And I've seen some people throw things around like – where was this support for Grayson Allen when, when great for the people who were saying that he shouldn't have been suspended 
like where was the support for Grayson Allen? Why why can why is Buddy getting this sort of support? And it's like, well, this is the first incident over the course of four years right. that we have seen. Grayson Allen was a repeat offender in college and a repeat offender in the pros. When right. you have a history, the rules are different for you. I'm sorry. They are. Yeah. Buddy Beheim does not have a history. So yeah. therefore, the rules are a little bit different for him. And that's why I think two things can be true. One, was this a bad thing that he did? And should he be suspended for it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is he a good kid? And am I going to use this against his character? No. Right. I'm not going to use this against his character unless he does it again. Right. And he, if he does it again, then you be, then you create a trend for yourself. And that's how you get that sort of reputation. But until that second instance happens, I'm not looking at this as a stain on Buddy Beheim's character. Right. And, you know, we love this world of YouTube here. We use it every single day if you want to subscribe to both of our channels. But I would feel like there would be Buddy Beheim highlights of his tripping incidents or his hitting people incidents. That's just what people do. Everybody keeps a record on these social media channels. There's no way if this was who he was, you would not have some sort of record about it. Right. It's not his reputation. He's a good kid. He means well. He's obviously been one of the best players in the conference. I mean, this is not an easy decision to make from a dollars and cents standpoint for the ACC. I mean, you are plucking an all ACC first teamer, a son of a Hall of Fame coach who is part of this game. You're taking that out of the equation now. Yeah. And not to mention your tournaments being held in the state of New York, where where Syracuse is, quote unquote, New York's college team. Right. So they're they're a huge draw in Brooklyn. And for them to pull maybe the most famous of the, maybe not the most famous, but one of the three most famous players in the conference out of the the game, that says a lot. That says a lot for what the ACC did there. Yeah, and I think Commissioner Jim Phillips, is all, he's been stressed all year, but he took another, he double shot tonight because he was like, listen, I'm trying my best, <laughs> but I'm struggling. But then on the flip side, I will say a little bit shysty. Now, Coach Beheim, you knew what your son did. I understand you wanted mm-hmm. to say it was sort of retaliation, but look, honestly, I would have respected it more if you had just said, yep, he took it a little too far. We're probably going to see a suspension and let's roll. How, how did you feel about his reaction to the incident in the game? I don't I, I don't have a, a strong disdain for what he said because at the end of the day he's standing up for his guys, not just his, his player, but his son too. Yeah. And it would be one thing if Buddy had a reputation for doing stuff stuff like this, but he doesn't. And I think Jim also realizes too, we have zero we already have what a five, ten percent chance of beating Duke. Without Buddy, <laughs> that is you're getting into fractions of a percentage yeah. point that this team has against Duke. So I think he was trying to stand up for his guy and try to protect his player too, which is what you're supposed to do as a coach. So I had no problem with that, but I'm sure behind closed doors, Jim said to buddy, what the hell man? Like (laughs) you can't be doing stuff like that in a game like this. He knows. I mean, at the end of the day, it's coaching, it's parenting. I, I think that he's just standing up for, for his son, his player and I I didn't have a problem with it really at all. Yeah. And all in all, I think it always goes back to me. Let's call it in game. So he could have got ejected. He didn't have to miss this game. Go to the monitors. If you see a player down and it looks a little shy, he's telling you he punched me. I'm sure he didn't say, oh, I just fell. I'm so hurt. Maybe go to the monitors and just check it out. That's all I'm saying. Good advice. Free free game to the ACC refs. You know, they they, they tend to struggle. But we You know say, what I'm oh. seeing right now, too, yeah. coming across the, the timeline is Wyatt Wilkes put a video. He's the one that got punched by Buddy. 
he put a video out on YouTube and says he thinks that Buddy shouldn't be suspended and that he's gotten a lot worse in games, which is interesting. Yeah. But I, I still like I saw what I saw. I yeah. saw him wind up and punch. And again, I think he did it in a cloud of in a cloud of judgment in a moment of frustration. But that doesn't exonerate him in my sure. eyes. And I, and the same thing with the officiating. Like poor officiating does not exonerate your poor choices as sure. well. Sure. I completely agree there. I think it's weird to cave for somebody who injures you, but you know, whatever, whatever have you. I think though that ultimately, you know, when we talk about ACC, they pride themselves on being that superior conference and do things the right way and sportsmanship. So they could not do anything like this would just be so much nepotism and beyond if they just were like, yeah, you know, we thought it was kind of clean. Let's keep it rolling. In my opinion. Right. They had no, no I'm choice. With you. Yeah. They, there's, <laughs> I mean, you got caught and you got caught in a, a really good camera angle of you <laughs> winding up for a punch. Like it does not get any more clear cut than that. Yeah. And you know, we say I'll talk about all this and get maybe a couple minutes here for just the game. It's 96 to 57 victory for Syracuse. Was it what you expected? Did you did you think that Florida State would have any sort of fight more than what they showed? I thought this was going to be a really close game. I, mm-hmm. I picked Syracuse on the show. My co-host, Tim, he picked Florida State, but we both agreed this is going to be a really close game because these two teams have played close games this right. season. And mm-hmm. I think that the matchup in and of itself was something that lent itself to a close game. But the way that Syracuse got out in transition against a Florida State team that was committed to getting to the offensive boards – and a team that is as crisp and talented in the open floor as Syracuse is, both getting to the basket and also hoisting up threes, they completely neutralized any early advantage that Florida State had on the offensive glass. And in fact, Syracuse obliterated Florida State in the rebounding battle as well, which is something that I don't think anyone saw coming. So all that height, and it did nothing against Syracuse, which is something that I don't think anyone saw coming. Yeah, that's facts. I want to ask you here in just a second if you feel like Duke has a cakewalk into the ACC championship. But first, I'm going to remind you guys that we know it's March Madness and we know just where we're going when it comes to some single game pickums for the NCAA. And that's with our friends at Stat Hero. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their games winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you are going up against. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% match. Sounds pretty good to me. We're talking with Tyler Aki locked on Syracuse here, and we are going over some really good games already starting in this ACC men's tournament. Now Syracuse has won. They won't be without, they will be without Buddy Bayheim. Is this going to be easy money for Duke? I think so. I mean, <laughs> the ACC is already as down as it is, and you're taking an all ACC first teamer off the board for one of these games. I mean, I look at Duke. All right, so they'll get Syracuse tomorrow. And then after that, they'll get the winner of the U, Miami, and Boston College, which is a game that we'll touch on in a little bit. But mm-hmm. Duke and Duke, I think I know they've already lost to Miami one time. I can't see it happening again. Like, mm. I really think that this Duke team is playing with a little different sort of vengeance 
after that UNC loss. And I think yeah. you're going to see that play out against Syracuse. And I think you're going to see it play out really the rest of the way. I, I just don't see enough challenging teams in this conference that gives me any sort of pause other than to think that Duke is going to just absolutely steamroll through the competition here. Not yeah. only do you have a Hornet, you've got a pissed off Hornet <laughs> on top of that too. And, and you've got the, an embarrassed Hornet. <laughs> and the leader's showing his devil horns too as well. So I think the, the whole thing is encompassing to, to Duke walking away with this thing pretty easily. Yeah, which I think, honestly, what they've been this season, you would expect them to dominate. And the way they dominated Syracuse the first time with Buddy having a kind of a down game, I think without him, you're pretty much putting yourself in a position to be successful. Unless Mr. Swider just goes off because he's done it before. Which he's done. He's doing it. <laughs> so you got to put the whole team on his back one more time. That's all we're asking one more time. But I think it's going to be an interesting game if they have to go up against Miami, a hungry Miami team, or could they get caught slipping by a red-hot Boston College team? I don't know, but Boston College seems to be doing it the right way. They picked up a win today, 82-77 over Wake Forest. Wake Forest, Alondez Williams had a little bit of cramp issues, and everyone just wasn't flowing the way we're used to seeing Wake Forest. Or maybe this is the Wake Forest team we're used to seeing that plays down to competition and doesn't quite deliver like they should. Now their NCAA hopes are a little bit skewed, but – Boston College, you know, big ups. AJ Black's on the show yesterday, and he wasn't very impressed. He thought it was going to be get dog walked. And here we are talking about Boston College moving on. One thing about Boston College, if you watch them all year, they play hard. Yeah. And they, they're a feisty team. Listen, there's not nearly the amount of talent on Boston College that there is on Wake Forest, that there is on Duke, that there is on Carolina, Miami. Really, from a talent perspective, it's probably in the bottom – three, four teams in the entire conference. Sure. But they've got a good coach who I think the players buy into mm-hmm. in Earl Grant. And if they can t- – listen, I think it's going to be really tough for them in this next game against Miami. But, like, I believe this is the third meeting between these two teams too. Yeah. And I would guess if you ask Miami, like, they don't want to face a red-hot <laughs> Boston College team either. And, again – Boston College kind of dictated this entire – I know there was a little stretch where Wake Forest pulled ahead and it looked like they had this thing in the bag. And then all of a sudden you see a big run for Boston College that pulls them back. But Boston BC dictated that first half. And then when it got to overtime, you thought, okay, like this is a cute little story for now. But when things go to overtime, usually the favorites play out. And then that just wasn't the case. BC just kept attacking at them. And I really think that – This is a team that Miami doesn't want to see. Now, I don't think either of these teams has a a chance against Duke, but this is—they're playing hard and (laughs) they're a feisty group. And in these sort of momentum-built atmospheres that you've got here, you give yourself a chance in those sort of situations. A hundred percent agree, and I think that ultimately, you know, what Earl Grant is doing in year one is what we kind of saw you little dabs of from Steve Forbes in year one. Maybe in year two, Boston College will truly be that step-up team. Earl Grant will be in the conversation for Coach of the Year if he dips his toe in the transfer portal or recruits the right kind of guys and gels them the same way he did this season. But you also you just see growth, you see optimism, you see a you know glimmer of hope that things are the tide is turning in Boston College, Chestnut Hill. So Boston College faces Miami at 2.30. Then we have the Clemson and Virginia Tech game going back and forth as we're recording this show. And I really put that one up in the air because we don't know which Virginia Tech team we're always going to get, but we always know that Clemson's going to fight either way. 
Right. And, and Clemson obviously getting healthier towards the end of the season, too. This is certainly an intriguing matchup. I don't know if it really means anything for the long-term ramifications of the tournament as a whole. I don't think either of these teams really has the firepower to go up with the Carolinas, the Notre Dames, the Dukes, the Miamis of the world. But um, I just look at the, at this game here, and I think it's for Clemson and, and Brad Brownell, like you kind of need to start doing something. Yeah, because we've seen a lot of running in place and being that team that is the football school with the occasional basketball flare up. But at a certain point, that gets stale. At a certain point, you want your football program to be uplifting your basketball program and not uh, they're, they're always little brother over here. Like, look what's happening in the SEC. Yeah. Look what's happening with Alabama, with LSU, with Arkansas. Um, all these programs that are traditional football powers well, now all of a sudden the basketball program is not not at that level, but it is improving, getting into the yeah. top twenty-five. And it's, with Clemson, it's kind of like, what the hell? Like, where, <laughs> why aren't you guys pulling your up? Anytime you're ready, your the bargain. <laughs> right? Like, it, that's what it's getting to it with this yeah. team. So I, I do think that I know they've been in the tournament the past couple of seasons, um, and, and they even have that the Sweet Sixteen from a, a season ago as well, but. I, I just think that this this program needs to be better. Like, you should not be in these sort of matchups here. You should be getting double buys or something of that sort in yeah. these ACC-type tournaments. Yeah, I respect that. You know, I think what's interesting to me is how much we go hard for the Virginia Tests and Clemsons of the world and the basketball sense when it when they see the growth. But then I just don't feel like it's consistent enough. Like, we'll go hard this season for Clemson because we're like, yeah, okay, we see some life. We'll go hard for Virginia Tech because like, you're supposed to be better than this. You have the senior leadership. But they don't always deliver for us. And then we kind of go back to the drawing board or deliver or we depend solely on our blue bloods and all of that good stuff. But I was having hope for Florida State there for a bit. And here I am, you know, retreating those thoughts. Maybe football season will be great, you know. <laughs> so it's it's one of those things where I'm just like, I'm ready for some new change, but uh, it is not consistent enough for me. So very, very good point there. And final game, Louisville and Virginia. Virginia to me is probably the biggest, hey, they could be just like Boston College and go ahead and run the gambit, yeah. find themselves in a championship game. Tony Bennett is no nothing to squabble out. However, Louisville's got some dudes. <laughs> They've got some guys who are pretty big. They're maybe catching fire. Maybe they're in this AAU mentality where it's, you know, all these games in a row and they just want to dock it out. I'm not putting anything past them either. I look at Virginia, though. You look at who's the team that's playing for more here, and it's certainly Virginia because they may feel like, okay, we're in the right side of the bracket here. Right. All right. And we can kind of wiggle our way through. And if we get to that ACC championship game, our reputation might get us into the tournament. Our coach might get us into the tournament with all that stuff, the Virginia flair of what the program is. And maybe you're not an at-large team, but you're that that last four in, or you're mm -hmm. going to Dayton. Like mm -hmm. That may be an intriguing thing, and that may be something that, that the the selection committee says, oh, like the ACC, we're, we're really looking at a three-bit ACC maybe. Like, Can we maybe sneak someone in? And that's another thing, too, with Virginia. You see Wake Forest losing. And that door is open still. That That is a spot that in all likelihood has been lost. Yeah. You, in all likelihood, we have probably seen the end of Wake Forest as an NCAA tournament team. Just the nature of what this week is. And Virginia is one of those teams. When that door opens for them, they might be the one that walks through and takes that spot. 
Absolutely. I don't disagree. I want to get more clarity, though, on why Wake Forest doesn't have a chance to be in the NCAA tournament, because I'm just slightly confused. But I always know that my expert, Tyler, can certainly get me straight. But first, guys, if you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help take some of that madness magic and play alongside with your employees as you get ready for the NCAA tournament. You can have a survivor or pick X type of bracket. Run Your Pool has everything you need. They even give you more intel on your picks unlike ESPN or CBS clearly I believe in run your pool because I have a bracket already ready to go when selection Sunday hits I'm going to be just typing my little uh, teams in there making sure I get everything to go I'm going to run your pool.com and you should too while you're there enter pure madness at checkout for ten dollars off your custom pool all the rules and details will be available there again that's runyourpool.com slash locked on and if you're trying to get all of your bets squared away you want to know who to vote for it's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us from the latest odds contests and player props betonline.net is number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info betonline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores podcasts and news this season and it's not just basketball betonline has you covered from everything from live betting right to your favorite vegas casino games Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online is where the game starts. So we're wrapping up here with Tyler Aki of Locked On Syracuse. And I want to believe that Wake Forest still has a chance, but everyone's telling me to let it go. Tyler, why do you feel like Wake Forest is just not going to be in one of these you know, teams to make it in the NCAA tournament? I just don't think the resume is there. When you mm. look at the games that they won this season, how many tournament teams did they beat? And I'm looking through their schedule right now. It looks like they beat two. Yeah, They beat North Carolina and they beat Notre Dame. Virginia, I guess, is the one that's sort of hanging in the balance. But if Virginia outplays you in this ACC tournament and gets to that championship game, they could be the one that steal your spot. And that's more of an earned thing. I literally think that if Wake Forest had just beat Boston College, Mm-hmm. would have been enough it would not matter what they did after that they could sure. have lost to whoever um but you gotta you still had a little bit of something to prove here there's still a little bit of meat left on that bone that in terms of bolstering your resume to feel secure and right now so i'm looking at, at bracket matrix and for those of you who don't know what bracket matrix is it basically takes a compilation of 128 bracketologists and does a composite seating based on all of that right now. So Wake Forest, before the the loss today against Boston College, they were the second-to-last 11 seed. And losing to BC, so look at let's take a look at some of the teams behind them now. Sure. All right? You've got Notre Dame, who, if Notre Dame wins a game, they're, that leapfrogs them over mm-hmm. Wake Forest. You've got Xavier in the Big East. That tournament's going on right now. They were locked in a close one with Butler. You've got Wyoming in the Mountain West, Rutgers, out of the Big Ten and SMU. If those teams just win a game, they're probably seeing their resumes bolster past a team like Wake Forest. I look yeah. at some of the other teams that are knocking on the doorstep. VCU and Indiana, two teams that, okay, go out and win a game, and maybe you find yourself in over a team like that. Or, as I mentioned earlier, Virginia and Virginia Tech, too, are yeah. two teams that can use this to bolster their resume as well. And they can leapfrog past a team like Wake Forest. So that you just can't. That's the problem right now is you're out and you can no longer help your case. The only thing 
you're rooting for losses for other teams. And that can <laughs> yeah. be a very dangerous game to play. And it's unfortunately for Wake Forest, the situation they find themselves in. Yeah, it's a very stressful situation. And honestly, it's the worst because you have no control over how uh, how other people perform. That's why you got to get it done the first time out. They shouldn't have been caught slipping by Boston College. To me, that's an inexcusable loss. Like, you just don't do that. It's very fraudulent. But that's neither here nor there. I will say, you can see fans that are feeling away about Alondez Williams getting player of the year. Please stop. Like, all <laughs> these comments that I'm seeing on Twitter, like, let it go, bro. Armando was not the guy. That's just what it is. Let's let's yeah. move on. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, I do think that was Alondis's award. Yeah. It was well-deserved. And, and I know, I think people don't like it when you get these newcomers into the conference like that, like a transfer in Alondis Williams, who is just here for a year and then is bouncing pretty much. Yeah, I don't think people like that when, when the new kid on the block kind of shows everyone else at the party up, but he deserved it. I mean, he right. was second in the league in scoring. And on, again, this isn't a postseason type of award. This thing was announced at the end of the regular season. And the big, re- the biggest reason why Wake Forest outperformed their preseason expectations is because they had a guy who night in and night out could get you almost 20 points a game. Absolutely. And that's Absolutely. the reason why they were the team that they were. Exactly. And I think also it just speaks to the fact that you got to let go of this ACC tradition because it's not the way we... Wake Forest is tradition, too. No, I'm saying... I'm agreeing with you here. Like yeah. They're part of the tradition. Exactly. And but that's the nature of the game now. You're going to see transfer guys who come in. Brady Manick, I wish he had 10 more years at Carolina. I'm over here sad. Like, how can we find this? But can he fail a class? Like, how do we do this? Like, how can we get him back for a little bit longer? Because I appreciate all of his energy. But if that's you know, the same for Wake Forest. I'm sure they all appreciate Alondis Williams. He's going to be good money wherever he, whenever he tries to come back to Winston-Salem. So it's just the nature of the game. Y'all got to let that. People who, people don't stay here for four years anymore. This is not the Tyler Hansborough era right. anymore. This is not mm-hmm. Tim Duncan era. Like that's just not the world we live in. And that's okay. That's you're just, right. No, you're 100% right hoops. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Times are changing. Times are changing. But either way it goes, we still got some really good games left here for the men's tournament. And then, of course, as we get to the selection shows, we'll get ready for the women's and men's NCAA hopes. But, Tyler, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Hopefully Syracuse will find themselves in the NIT, maybe. Maybe we're feeling – you can join. I don't know if they'll accept it. That's the thing. Is <laughs> I wouldn't. Honestly. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to accept it. And that's I would okay. guess no. Jim Beheim's alluded to they will not. Okay, well, if they don't, I would love to get some postseason wrap-up content. Where can folks find you and follow all your work? You can check us out, Locked on Syracuse. We just did a live show, full recap. This was before we knew the suspension was coming down, but we were talking about the the merits of why Buddy should have been suspended, so we got into that. Uh, and you can find us on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse and myself at Tyler, AKA, AKI underscore. Love that. All right, guys, just because you listen to us doesn't mean you can't get in on some other shows here on Locked On Podcast Network. Make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft with Racy, Ryan Tracy. Racy, okay, there it is. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They bring the NFL draft to life every day with insights and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's available and it's free wherever you get podcasts. For Candace Cooper and Tyler Aki, we hope you have a great rest of your day. Until next time.